You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! You are listening to the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast with your host, Mr. Green. How are you? Thank you for tuning in. Glad to see that you have returned and we got another week and another review going on with WOW Superheroes and a little bit of the stuff that's going on in the pro wrestling world. First, if you haven't done so, please go by our social media platforms and uh, follow us, like us, do whatever it is that uh, you can to show your support. That being on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, etc. Uh, if you're on YouTube, which I know some of you are, whether listening to this, and you have not hit the subscribe button and click that little bell next to it, then what are you waiting for? Is this is completely free? It is not going to cost you anything, and you'll be able to get the notifications for not just. Uh, podcast like this, which at this point has pretty much turned into a regular event. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right after the show goes off the air, I drop it so that you can get the review of what's happening uh, in WOW to some degree and then a little bit of what's going on outside of the the WOW-verse, what's happening with some uh, other ladies wrestling, as, as we should always talk about. But uh, it's, it's pretty regular, but everything else that is going on right now. Sometimes we have some matches that are in the pipeline that uh, you know, when they are edited and done, we drop them in there. And you, you may want to be aware of that, uh, as was the last one. Uh, if you were not subscribed, then you wouldn't have known about Ruthless Lala taking on the Black Widow, which was a nice hard-hitting match. Might want to go and check that out if you haven't had the time. But matches like that and other ones that are due to come up, such as uh, one returning Casey Carlisle. She is going to be featured on the channel uh, in the near future, along with a returning favorite, the natural-born legend, Crystal Rose. She will be the opponent there, and you certainly don't want to miss that one. So click that, subscribe, and the bell so you get notified. Everybody else... Be sure to subscribe wherever you find this podcast. And like I said, go to our social media pages and you can be able to be stay in tune with whatever it is that we're doing. Podcasts are available wherever greater podcasts are presented. That being iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, so on and so forth, podbean.com. But you can absolutely positively find all the links for everything that we do by going to the Nexus of the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, go to WPNWrestling.com and you can get some, uh, well, you get all the links for everything that we have right now. If you're unsure about anything, always go there. That will take care of it all. And speaking of that, for those that haven't found out yet, it is a 24-hour stream, seven days a week 
on the uh, WPN uh, channel. Oh, excuse me, not channel, but the website. The channel isn't completed yet. But uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it is all women's wrestling. I mean, if you are on this this channel, if you're listening to this podcast, it's clearly up your alley, something that you like. So you need to go in that channel, you need to check it out. It's on all day, every day. And we are making that push to getting this thing on a Roku channel so that for you cord cutters out there, you have yet another option available to you. So be sure and keep your eyes open for that. And remember, your support in all shapes and forms counts. It means a lot. It really does. Um, Before we go into the the recap, I do want to address one of the wrestlers that I uh, presented on the Facebook page not all that long ago. Um, I believe October 13th, 2019, as I'm recording. Well, that's not the date that I'm recording this, but that is the date that this post went up. Uh, one wrestler by that worked under the name Tiffany Rocks has uh, pretty much announced her retirement from active competition, which is... Uh, a little bit saddening for me. Now, I granted, I know some of you that's out there listening right now do not know who I'm talking about. Because Tiffany was a, a regional wrestler. I wouldn't say she's local because she did travel. But she basically stuck to her territory, which is about the southeast. So Alabama, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, I believe she might have did some of the Carolinas. <clears throat> but... Um, she was she was roughly around that, that area. She is a former NWA Women's Worlds Champion. She had been featured on this channel a number of times, taking on a couple of people that you would all know. Uh, Kira Hogan, who you know, which we'll be talking about later on because she wrestles under the name Fire and Wow. Uh, the Priscilla Kelly. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the latest uh, uh, Rebel. She wrestled with Rebel. She, she's she also wrestled with and against the the Black Widow, who, who was featured on the channel and, and really one half of the the highest viewed uh, video that we have. So Tiffany had interacted with, and that's just a few. I'm, I'm just naming the few that we have featured here. But uh, she's she's been doing this for a while, and she had been wrestling. Uh, well, I just said for a while she'd been wrestling up around this area for quite some time, uh, and up until uh, I want to say late 2018, I believe that that's been about late 2018. She pretty much took a hiatus, and just stepped away, kind of without any big fanfare, kind of faded off, and the next thing you saw as far as her social media was concerned was mostly hey i'm at the braves game or you know i'm out with my husband i'm this that and the other she, it was never anything wrestling related and was kind of uh, sat back and, and 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 waited for her to kind of return but that never took place um and in her post she said many of people know that she's battled with neck and shoulder injuries over the last several years uh, and she announced her own retirement for wrestling based on that. It's, it, it, I think it was just injuries. And even though she had been s- sitting out for some months, doesn't really feel comfortable getting back into the ring. And, I, and I'm not even sure if she had the desire to get back in the ring. She had a, a long time kind of removed from the business and has really found herself enjoying her life outside of it. So 
I just wanted to take this time to uh, bring that up. And if any of you are not aware of who I'm talking about, please, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to just mention one particular match. By all means, if you're trying to become familiar with her, scan through the channel and, and find some of her matches. Like I said, we got at least four or five, I would imagine, if I if I remember correctly. But the one that I would say in particular that I would uh, tell people to, to look at, and I posted it on our Facebook page, is Tiffany Rocks versus Kara Hogan. Again, that's uh, Kara Hogan. Some of you know her as Fire on WoW. Um. It, it, it was an interesting match, and it was an interesting match for me to call because I, I I remember this taking place during what was supposed to be a women's tournament for this particular promotion. There's no, no point in bringing it up now because the promotion is defunct. And I remember the promoter coming up to me saying that this, this women's uh, tournament is going to take place over the course of the entire year, which I thought was a stupid idea. But, you know, what, what am I going to say? I I guess he was presented as more grand than it was going to be, but he, but yeah, he said it's was, it was going to take place all year long. And uh, Tiffany was supposed to have come down in the first round, first match, and take on Kira Hogan. That didn't happen because it was in the winter time and she got snowed in. She couldn't make it into Georgia. Sorry, I had to have a little sip there. And uh, as it was, Kira wound up taking on a guy in a women's tournament. Uh, she took on the intergender icon, Ashton Star, and she moved on. And this is where the story gets interesting. Because the following month, there's like, all right, well, Tiffany's going to come back. And I'm going to ask her, okay, well, who's she going to take on? She's taking on Kira Hogan. Well, why is she taking on Kira Hogan? Kira's already advanced. I know, but, you know, she's, she never got the match. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you, why are you re-sliding Kira in there? And what reason would Kira have to want to wrestle her? She's already advanced. Yeah, well, you know, that that's just how we're going to do it this month. Not so... They are given a match that really had no rhyme or reason, and I'm giving a match that I, I'm trying to make sense of in commentary, and I'm having to make stuff up to, to try to give it some semblance of logic. So now we got a match between two baby faces out of nowhere for a nonsensical tournament that's supposed to take place over the course of the entire year, which, by the way, they never did. I don't even think they went past the, this following month. Uh, and explain not only to the viewing audience, but I guess to the people why Kira Hogan's having to do this twice. And the fact that she's doing it twice, but whether she wins or loses, she's already advanced. So it doesn't really matter whether she gets beat or not. It was just absurd. But, but the point being is, is that these two took a nonsensical situation and really made a nice match out of it. They just went in, threw all the story out, and they turned it into a nice babyface catch-as-catch-can wrestling match. And, yes, Tiffany had to work because the fans were uh, solidly behind Kara in this particular uh, instance. But I, but really, up until this point, I thought it was the best match that Kara Hogan had had. I thought that Tiffany carried her. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say carried, but it was early in Kira's career. I thought Tiffany helped her to one of the best matches that she had had up until that point. And I just wanted to give a little bit of the backstory before before that particular because it was just so weird and absurd. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, if you if you get the chance, it is episode thirty eight. Tiffany Rocks versus Kara Hogan. That that is uh, my suggested viewing for some of you out there. And to Tiffany, if you happen to be listening, enjoy your retirement. Thank you for the matches that we've had together. Okay, um, another thing. <clears throat> well, the, the, I shouldn't even have to, to go into this in in the course of a podcast, but but. When you're operating a all women's anything, you know I'm not going to let this be centered towards women's wrestling in particular. But if you're operating all women's anything in a social media climate, apparently you're going to get some comments and questions and things like that that just <sighs> shouldn't even be talked about or addressed. So the first thing I'm going to say is that I am not going to mention this person's name. All right. Because I, I don't want to even give that kind of attention to it. But I but it does need to be said, look, I know there are a lot of attractive women that exist in the world of professional wrestling and other platforms that women athletes are on or models or what et cetera, et cetera. But please Whatever these fantasies that you have that you decide that you want to share with the rest of the viewing community and like, I wish I could do such and such and this and that, just, just knock it off, okay? It, there, there's, there's no place for that. The comments aren't going to get you the attention that you want. They aren't going to stroll by and read it and then suddenly look you up so they can go out on a date based on your lewd conduct. They, you know, most of them got other things that's going on and things to do. It is not going to do you any good. And if I or any other administrator see it, it's going to get deleted. Okay? So all of that to say is that you know, we're, most of us are adults here. Have some decorum. Have, have some sort of respect. Just, yes, they're good-looking. They're attractive. I can understand whatever attractiveness or arousal, perhaps, that you may have. But leave your fantasies in your head. They do not need to be typed out for the world to see. <sighs> All right. And, and I'm surprised that I even have to deal with that. I mean, largely speaking, you got people who are... Uh, the ladies that deal with this all the time as the, the whole point behind the, uh, 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 the Tales of the Creep series. I and mean, believe me, every once in a while in our inbox, we get some weird stuff too. And, and I guess I should make that public service announcement for those people that don't seem to get it. The Women's Pro Wrestling Network is not ran by any of the wrestlers that you see. Okay, so... Whatever these fantasy emails that you're sending in and DMs that you're giving, I'm, I'm reading that. If that helps you out, any. Okay, so it's not going the way you think it is. Okay, get into the meat of the uh, program here. The series recap for a while, episode six. Well, I think it's safe to say at this point that Wow has a uh, a formula that it likes to abide by when it do, does these shows. 
Uh, I wasn't entirely sure about it when I first started watching it, but I mean, we're, we're six episodes in now, and I, I think it's, it's a pretty safe bet to say that they're going to do essentially the same thing week by week. A series recap at the top of the hour, going into the intro, going into a promo, start the match, start the show. And that's pretty much what happened here. And, and uh, it's going to sound at parts like I am crapping on this program. I am not. I, I, just, I don't know what it was this particular week. It just it didn't. The matches are fine. Let me let, let's start with that. Let, let's just go down with that right now. The matches were fine. Didn't have a problem with any of those. Because by and large, they do a uh, good job. And, and there's too much talent there. There's too much talent for them not to do a good job. I, I said it before. I was like, it would be difficult for some of those girls that's on that roster to not be able to perform and do a good match. They have done it so long. So many different places, had so many different opponents and locations. I mean, they, they're just too good at it. But I, I think some of this structure of their show may have done a disservice to them. That's just my opinion. I, I welcome somebody to leave yeah, leave your comment about what you thought about the show in the, uh, in, in the comment section below or... Send me the, uh, the 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 message. You can DM me, or you can send to Mister Green seven five at hotmail dot com. Uh, of course, I will address that on there if you have something that that you want addressed. But yeah, that that's what the show starts off with. Starts off with a series recap of the main event, which is fine. They you know they've done that week by week. Let you know what's going on, how this happened, how we got to where we are. And uh, they seem to show new scenes. Like last episode, we saw this end with Jungle Girl and the Beast squaring off against each other, and then they go into the the locker room. And then they they, they kind of, I think the Beast gets speared through the door, they get the, the bathroom area of the locker room, and it show goes off the air. And this one, they have like new scenes within that. Where the camera's on the other side of the of the uh, locker room door, so we can see what they call the wildest brawl in in wrestling history, which is you know, pretty far fetched. It was a good brawl, but you know we didn't we really didn't see enough of it for you know to say that. It, we saw them get a spear through the door, a little bit of a confrontation, and then it just kind of cut off. It wasn't wasn't anything long or epic or anything like that. It was like you know. Just, they were going to play that up. I said they should have gone at it for a while or something. But in any case, <laughs> that's how the uh, the show begins. Segment one, we have Lana Star and Faith the Linus coming out for the show opening promo. And Lana cuts a heel promo, which she's very good at. Lana has been, the, in essence, the top heel of WoW since, I don't know, since WoW was created. I mean, we're talking about back in 2000. Now, granted, we're, we're not going to address the lengthy hiatus that they had. But, uh, yeah, she's, she's pretty much been positioned as the top heel for a long period of time. And she's coming out to express, 
why she got rid of Amber O'Neill, and more importantly, I guess in this promo, why they got eliminated from the tag team tournament, and, and that apparently, oh yeah, I, I didn't mean to get tagged into the ring, so you know that that armbar that Jesse Jones put on me wasn't that wasn't legal. I was I shouldn't have been termed as the legal man or the legal woman in this particular case, which is ridiculous, really. Uh, I mean, that that logic would be perfectly sound to me if WoW had a rule book or at least they expressed the rules saying, hey, unless the person voluntarily tags in, then, you know, they're not legal. But, you know, I mean, because WoW can control their own universe. If that is what they want, then blind tags shouldn't count. But they haven't expressed that, so that didn't make any sense to me. I didn't get it, quite honestly. It just... It, it was a good promo because she she does good promos, but I didn't understand that part of it. Like trying to explain, hey, we shouldn't even be in this because, or oh, oh, that loss shouldn't count. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm this isn't verbatim, but that's basically what she's getting at. That shouldn't count because I wasn't legal. I was like, come on, really? Where where in wild have they ever said that? But in any case, what that does is it brings it's the same thing that, that we do all the time. You have a promo, it's got to bring somebody else out. And sure enough, that's what it did. It brought out Amber O'Neill and Jesse Jones. They come out to address the claims of her being screwed. And then all of a sudden, an impromptu match for the tag team tournament slot that Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill already won is being presented. That didn't make any sense to me. Like why, why why are you doing this? What what what's the point of that? In the kayfabe universe of Wow, Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill had absolutely nothing to gain from this match. They already advanced. They already were put into the second round. They already won. There was no management that came out and said that you had to have this match. There was. Nothing that otherwise forced them into having this match. Beyond the fact that there should have been some level of revenge for Amber O'Neill to uh, uh, Lana Starr, that was the only thing that really had to gain off of this. But that could have happened any number of ways. Particularly given the fact that Lana apparently uh, incited this incident between Jesse Jones and, and Amber O'Neill and the Dixie Darlings. Like, where was that? That, that should have been the next step in this feud. It, it should have been that, you know, hey, we found out that Lana's screwing around with us. That would have given reason to have, for them to have a match anyway. Them placing this, this tournament thing back into, into the field of play for this match was just unnecessary. Uh, and at no point did I hear the management... Oh, not the management. The, the announcer explained to the audience that hey, this is a this is a tournament match. I, I just heard it on the commentary, so I'm not even sure if they knew. It, it just you know it it just came off as weird to me. And this is more of the same thing that you got the first time that they had Linus working a handicap match, and Lana continuing to run away from being tagged in. <coughs> this. Only works against Linus, in my opinion, as as a character, if if you want to call it that. 
I mean, I'm I'm used to saying wrestling persona, but you know, I know this TV, and he likes saying character. But this seems to work against her as an intelligent person. I can understand the story of Lana Starr manipulating everybody else over the course of the years with WoW. You can go back as far as the first incarnation of it. You can go Patty Pep when she turned into Patty Pizzazz. Her assistant Holly Meow with the first revival of WoW and then Amber O'Neill becoming the Beverly Hills Babe. All of those instances that she had, there was no blatant, in-your-face example of Lana screwing them over. It was subtle, and it was there, and we as the viewing audience saw that, and as the viewers, we would say, oh, come on, man, you you ain't got to take that, you know, those kind of moments. But there was not a... uh, uh, just a blatant example of, okay, this person is just screwing you over. Get get away from them. And here we got Faith the Lion is going through the same thing twice. Like, really? Come on. Faith, uh, the first match put her in a handicap match where she had to wrestle the whole thing. She had to take on both Amber O'Neill and Jesse Jones, and she continued to get her butt kicked for about five minutes before Alana got pulled in and she tapped out. This is second verse, same as the first. Linus is in here. She's working a handicap match. She's getting the butt kicked for five minutes. You know, uh, I, I would guess because the commentary did, they did bring this up, and I, I'll give them credit for that. They did mention, like, why Linus is uh, just blinded by the, the Lana Star and the Hollywood promises and all that stuff. I mean, at, at this point, I would figure you have to address that. You have to address the, just the sheer stupidity of this woman to be bothered with this. I mean, because if I'm in a match and, and I got somebody that will not tag me at all, every time I even bother to go over there, she gets off the apron or she backs up or she and see me in pain saying, go back in there, fight. Like, why on earth would I even continue to be dealing with this person? For what? The one thing that you promised me, we got knocked out of in the first round. I was like, you, we can't even go after the tag team titles. We're, we're eliminated. So now we got this second chance, and she's doing it again, and Lana is repeating the same thing. It it. It, it comes off with Linus as just being played for a sucker and, and, and not even just played for a sucker. At this point, I can't call her a sucker. She just, that's a fool me once, shame on me type scenario. I was like, you going back in there, you get what you deserve. It just, I, I believe one other person called it stupid baby face syndrome, but she's not even a baby face now. It's just being stupid. So I don't know. Faith the Linus has a good future in WoW. She has a good build. She's got a good look. She hung in there with Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill. And if she's one of those cases that I would say if she took her act on the road, if she went and worked, I know that WoW is never going to really endorse that, but if she took her act on the road and worked some independence, and worked with some other people and got the rhythm down. She she could be really, really good 
physically she's i mean she's already in there she just needs needs to know what she's doing and she was working with two vets she was working with jesse jones and amber o'neill so of course they could carry her and make her look like a million bucks she just needs it needs to have it too now that's just a side note i'm just saying that just on the side because you know i I don't want to rag completely on her it's not her fault that's just the way that the story goes and she's a player in the part but it just you know as far as the like i said the universe of wilds concerned it just makes faith look ridiculous so anyway after getting beaten up and you know you you got a moment where amber o'neill literally takes faith and walks over to her her corner with her hand, you know, forcing it towards Lana. So I said, tag her. She's yelling at Lana, said, tag her. And Lana jumps down. I was like, oh, come on. Uh, so Amber ties back out. I mean, they're, they're stretching this girl. They're just doing everything possible to her. She gets one good move in, does Faith, that knocks Jesse Jones down. It's kind of like a trouble in paradise. You know, not not quite as uh, athletic as Kofi, but, but good. You know, she's not puts her down and she gets close to the corner and Lana's oh so happy to get into the ring now she she takes the tag runs in covers her Jesse kicks out goes and makes the tag to her partner Amber O'Neill <laughs> and now we have the moment that I guess we have been building for is Amber getting her revenge on Lana Star for, for firing her for getting rid of the Beverly Hills babe Lana's in the ring. She's begging off. No, no, no. I didn't mean it. it was this, that, and the other. And, of course, we're not trying to hear that. So here's the moment here that uh, I, I've become a little bit, I'm, I'm not sure about what's going on because Jesse Jones up to this this tag team has been clear-cut heel. She is going out there. She's done, I'm going to make wrestling great again and this, that, and the other. And she's been the heel. Almost breaking people's arms and and whatnot now, but now she and Amber are the de facto babyface because of the situation that they're in. They're facing off against Lana Star, so the audience is going to cheer to have Amber O'Neill get Lana and have her have her comeuppance, which is basically what happened here. She came in. <coughs> Tackled her, punched her in the face a couple times. Jesse Jones comes around, grabs Faith's feet. So basically yanks off the apron so she can't make the tag in. So we leave this between Amber and we leave it in Lana. Lana gets up. Amber's waiting on her, kicks in the gut, pops her with the X Factor. They call it the kickstand, which is basically sit out, face plant. One, two, three. And we got the win again for uh, grits and glamour. I'm not even sure if they officially go by that name. I know they've addressed themselves as that online. Uh, she did say it on wild television at least once, but you never know how that's going to go. Uh, entertaining as a match. The outcome, what was what, that? That was the whole thing. It was it was just built to that to that outcome. The outcome made the entirety of this thing. I mean. You, you want to see Amber get her revenge, and she got it. <coughs> Sorry, folks. <clears throat> I'm trying to get through the podcast, and I, I got a little bit of a cough happening. But uh, you saw her uh, do that. She got her revenge. Uh, arguably, that should have been the ending of the first match. Instead of having Jesse Jones tapped out, I was fine with Jesse tapping Lana out. But <clears throat> you want to see Amber get her revenge, and there she got it. 
I didn't think it needed to be a tournament match to do it, but you know what? It is what it is. It, it, it's fine. And also, listen, I I'm glad that Lana's capable of taking the bumps that she's capable of taking because uh, she's doing more than some people in that that roster. You know, as far as being a uh, a second. I mean, I know technically speaking, she's viewed as a wrestler or they, they say she's returned to the ring. But, I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade here. She She's a second or a valet or a manager. She, she, she's a wrestler by name, but she hasn't wrestled yet. So, given that, I'm not really sure if she's physically capable of, of having a match right now. Uh, you know, the fact that she's willing to, you know, let herself be bumped around even a little bit is uh is admirable but if she is going to uh not wrestle then i would say just move her back into the ma- a managerial role and just leave it at that because the smoke and mirrors thing that they're doing right now that can only go so far you know and how many times can you have faith the linus work in a tag team match with lana star where she does absolutely nothing it already made Faith look like a, a, a idiot in this match. <laughs> the, let, let's not push that that narrative. Let, let's get her out of that. You know, and she and, and if Faith is going to buy, they should at least have some kind of confrontation where Lana talks herself out of this. Like, hey, you know, I would have, but you know, my all something just, just make up something. Just give me a reason that Faith would continue to deal with this crap. So in any case, just move Lana back into a manager role. Let her stay in the manager role because if she can't physically wrestle, it's only so many times that you can cover it up. So anyway, we go to the second uh, segment of the show, Princess Ozzy. And the video package. The video packages that WoW creates are nominally very good. They always have been. They've been been good since I've, I've started watching the show this season. I, I have absolutely no complaint for that. Covers a lot of ground. Recaps uh, this particular uh, package. Recaps the victory that she had over both Siren and Holiday, which I was I was happy to see it, but also felt like why was this so long? Why why did it they take this long to explain that they had. So kind of history with each other. Because if you hadn't seen season uh, one, or I guess season one as far as Access TV is concerned, you may not know what that was about, her being kidnapped. Like, it didn't make any sense. And speaking of things that didn't make any sense, we will uh, go into the match, which is the, the third segment. That is Fury representing the Psycho Sisters taking on Princess Ozzy. The first thing I had a, a issue with and I put in my notes is that Princess Ozzy walks out like nothing happened. Now, on TV, this woman had been kidnapped by a voodoo queen and, and another painted psychopath, Holiday. And without explanation, she just shows back up on TV. I mean, they talk about it in the commentary, like, hey, she's been gone for what? I wonder what happened and this, that. And I was like, why are you wondering what happened? Why didn't you get an interview or something to, 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 to explain this? 
I mean, at the very least, explain, like, have her sit down, like, you know, it was. I don't know why they took me, or, you know, I don't remember much or something. I mean, she just walked right back on out there, smiling, and, you know, no, whatever. Just, where, where did... Where did this go? Why 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 does she have this moment? More so than that, let's look at this before we go into the match, let's look at the circumstances around that entire kidnapping. Now this happened two weeks ago. <clears throat> we are in the week three. Nobody made any effort to try to find her. Whatever friends she had in the locker room didn't even bring it up. The only thing that happened was it was talked about on TV to some degree. If I'm Princess Ozzy, I, I would be seriously questioning what friends I have in WoW right now. Or even the management for that matter. Like y'all talked about this for two weeks, but what did you actually do to get me safe? You saw me get carried out of here on, on your television program and did nothing about it. Didn't send security, didn't call the cops. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, you know, and, and some of the stuff can be explained away because I know in storyline you 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 have you're trying to stretch it out as far as possible. Look, David McLean could have did something as simple as, folks. Last week, Princess Ozzy had been kidnapped, and and generally speaking, there's a code of honor that exists amongst the wrestlers in the locker room that they take care of their own things. And against my better judgment, I chose not to have security go find it. But this week, I can't. I cannot, in good conscience, let this go on any longer. I am sending somebody. You know, that'll get you a week right there before you can before you can send somebody else. I I have sent somebody out to go and look for this person because I am legitimately concerned about Princess Ozzy. You know, don't just talk about it like it's just another segment on the show i mean it, it, it's like nothing changed like oh princess ozzy's been kidding i wonder what happened to her david it's like nothing changed <laughs> it's like, this woman got kidnapped and, no, and nobody cared <laughs> it just it just it was it was it, it like there was no threat to her whatsoever now the the segments that they did for were fine because uh, a siren or Nina Monet looked threatening. The you know the little rhyme I talked about that the little rhymes that she was doing you know it was like that that was cool and burning the the bamboo sticks and all that stuff like that. But if I'm getting those those videos back to me and you know I would be legitimately concerned about this woman's like hey man we gotta find her or or have some of the the roster members say have you seen Ozzy I haven't heard from her in a week or something. Yeah, you know, it, it it just seemed like it was just out of the blue. And I'm just going to walk back out here. Nothing happened. I'm fine. You know, no, no explanation, no no video that we could put on Facebook at least, or, you know, something just just to say, you know, I'm okay or, you know, I'm I'm trying to get myself together and move back on with, you know, with my career here and wow. Uh, none of that. None of that. Just just like nothing took place whatsoever. The other thing that bought, and I know, see, I told you I was, it was going to come off like I'm ragging on this episode, but it just seemed like it's just stuff piling on out of the blue. The other thing that got me is that why is Mesmera there? Why is Mesmera there? This is the third component of the Psycho Sisters. 
<clears throat> now I don't know Mesmer. I never met Mesmer. Never talked to her. Was, you know, I know some of these the, the uh, participants in WOW have had the the privilege to be able to talk to and sit down with a chat and text or whatever the case may be. So, but I don't, you know, I don't have a relationship with Mesmer, and I'm and I'm not knocking her, okay. But she was advertised for a match over two weeks ago, which still hasn't taken place. She hasn't spoken. She hasn't said one word. No interview. No promo. Why is she there? Hadn't, hadn't wrestled a match. All the important elements that she has for being on that show so far have not been fulfilled. So that that was the one thing I wrote my notes when I saw her walk back out again and say, why is she there? We've seen Razor wrestle. We've seen Fear wrestle. We've seen Fear wrestle several times. Mesmer is the one element of the Psycho Sisters. Like, what was the point in adding her to this mix? I mean, all she has done at this point is just come out there and, you know, with the clown makeup on and walk around along with them, interfere a little bit. But that, that's about it. Razor could do that. She could interfere. It doesn't, doesn't require two of them. I mean, yes, it makes it easier, but it doesn't need two of them for that. The only, the only perk I see that she has thus far is that she could potentially pass for Fury's sister. That's about it. But other than that, I was like, there, there is zero reason that Mesmer should be there. Now, maybe that'll change. Maybe as the episodes roll on, she'll speak up or she'll explain herself or something like that. I mean, and that's the other thing. I was like, the only explanation you even have for Mesmer was explained by somebody else. They did, they did a voiceover for her. They didn't, you know, she didn't say anything. And and even in the package where they had somebody speaking, it was Razor that did the talking, not Mesmer. If she's gonna just be the the nutcase that stands to the side and giggles or something, you know, they, they, explain that. It hasn't been explained. And even in the course of the match, where she, you know, supposed to get punched in the head, the camera goes away from. Her. So I'm not even sure she could take a bump. I. Uh, I don't want to get worked up over that. So anyhow, we got Princess Ozzy versus Fury. And we know that this is going to be a fine match again. You know, like I said, all the matches that took place on this show were perfectly fine. Uh, very few of the, uh, the ladies that uh, wrestled in this episode performed badly. I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard to. Uh, <sighs> I'm trying to trying to think of the, the word. It, it, it's it's kind of hard to gauge the matches totally, just because of the way that is cut. There's there's a lot of editing that goes on here. Now some matches are edited harder than others, but. By and large, when you have two people that have some sort of uh, wrestling background, they seem to do a good job. And, and regardless of whether it's, it's cut hard or not, you see there's a, there's a good match taken there. And you got that. You got Simone Cherie versus Harlow O'Hara. 
All right. I know they go by Princess Ozzy and Fury in, in the wild universe, but you got two girls who, who pretty much know what they're doing and they deliver it as far as the, the match is concerned. Uh, during the match, during the uh, course of the match, the commentary keeps mentioning that Ozzy could potentially be under the, under Cyrus influence or something like that, which I never really saw. I mean, it's not like she came out looking any different. Like I said, when she came out, she came out like nothing happened. They didn't have any, you know, like, ah, man, she looked like she hadn't slept or you know, nothing. It, it just, beyond the fact that she didn't have the sticks in her hand, nothing was different. Uh, so we're, we're just going to fast forward a little bit of that. At the end of the match, Ozzy takes control. She drops Fury, but is caught by Razor and Mesmer. And like I said, we never see Mesmer take a bump. We saw Razor get punched in the face and knocked off the apron, but the camera cut away when Mesmer goes down. And I don't know if that was intent or with intent or not. <coughs> uh, Ozzy gets caught by Fury's finish. And Fury wins. Now, they did have a moment in the, in the match where the fans were trying to fight forever. So, like I said, you know, I don't think that you were losing anything from the match. And the match itself is very entertaining. So, if you got the time to go and sit down and watch it, if, you hit, if you're listening to this and you hadn't seen the show, go check the match out. The match is good. Uh, but after the win of Fury, uh, Ozzy is attacked by the Psycho Sisters. So, we got all three of them coming in there and beating her up. And then, lo and behold, Siren and the Holiday come out to confront the Psycho Sisters, assumably. They see them. They not run away, but they back off. And then after that, Siren and Holiday slide into the ring and kind of corner or surround, if whichever way you choose to put it, Princess Ozzy. She's looking at them like, what's going on here? Well, you know, what's happening? And she slides out of the ring and gets away from him. No real explanation, no backup as to, you know, whether she was influenced by Siren or anything like that. I I, I know that this is one step in a larger story. I, I, I accept that. But I am not fully sold on the route that we're taking to get there. The next match, or the next segment, segment four, the fire and the drilling video package. Uh, same thing I said with the other video packages, very good as always. Seems to include some videos that hadn't been seen, and you know, it, it, it seems a little out of sequence in some regard. The only reason I say that is uh, it seems out of sequence is because within the video package, it shows them meeting uh, in the locker room and talking about hey you know you want you got a tag partner for the tournament and, and and i think i think it's fire talking to her drilling and she's like no now we go back to a week ago it was portrayed almost as if the decision to be in the tag team tournament took place right in front of the fans eyes right there in the ring when the drilling comes out the upper like, hey, you know, this could be a great team. We're announcing ourselves for the tag team tournament. Yay. So, <laughs> if they had met already, it's like, well, that decision was made before that even took place. I don't, I don't know what, what that was about. Or maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. But that that's how it came off. But in any case, 
We know that fire and adrenaline are part of the tag team tournament, and this is the next match in the tag team tournament. The visual vixens, well, first off, the, the package was good. It's always good. Uh, the visual vixens, Temptress and Dagger versus the drilling and fire. Uh, the smaller, faster team of a drilling and fire start out strong. Against Temptress, who is the uh, veteran of the Vengeful Vixens team. Some people will remember her as Katie Lee Burchell, uh, former knock- Knockouts champion uh, and former WWE diva back in the day when they used divas as a name. Uh, so she did mo- most of the opening work here, taking on both of them and taking the, the beating from both of them until she cuts off Adrenaline, who takes a moment to address the fans, you know, as a good babyface does, I guess. And then the Vixens take control, and now Adrenaline is the one in trouble. Didn't have a problem with any of this. <clears throat> I know some people would, would uh, particularly people on, on my page, that, you know, they may look at Dagger and, and say that she, you know, she's easily the least experienced of, of the team, but she did fine. You know, um, nothing outside of her skill set. She, she, you know, I think they kept it very uh, basic for her to keep that thing kind of moving along. And uh, she's she got the athletic prowess to keep it going. She, she, I'll put it this way: she's another one that I would think would be very. It would be very beneficial for her to take that act on the road. I don't know if the Vengeful Vixens tag team can work independence in the California area. I know they're based out of there. And for that matter, I'm not even sure if that's her desire. I mean, for all I know, and I think her, her actual name, I believe, is Michelle Blanchard. But um, as far as I know, Dagger might not have any aspirations on being a professional wrestler at all. I mean, I, I know that there are people that have gotten into that business or that, that company who only wanted to be a wild wrestler. Yeah, like I... I in fact, I had an interview with somebody that said that she spoke with one of them. You know, somebody she was friends with. She didn't want to mention the name. She was, she was just saying, you know, I was told that as long as I'm a wild superhero, it doesn't matter. And you know, and that I, I fully believe that when I when I see some of them, like I, I think all some of those girls only want to be the wild superhero. They're not interested in being a professional wrestler. But. If she were interested in being, I think she's another name that could benefit from the, you know, the polishing up that act on the road in some of these, you know, smaller promotions. You know, if they were allowed to take the Vengeful Vixens things out and kind of tour it around, then she would get much better at it, opposed to just, you know, I'm going to wrestle when the tapings come around and, and train for it a little bit. Because, that you know, that look, there's some things that you just don't get out of a training environment. You got to be out there to really get, and that's not just in wrestling. I mean, just in life in general. There's some stuff you got to do outside of a training environment so you can understand it and you can really get your mind wrapped around it. <coughs> Physically speaking, I think Dagger's great, but I don't know if she has what she's fully capable of just yet. So anyway, getting back to the match, uh, I thought the Vixens were a good heel team, uh, despite some of the inexperience within. <coughs> the drilling hits a stunner. 
<clears throat> to turn the match around. Hot tag to fire, no pun intended. Uh, she keeps the thing going, tags back in the drilling, tries for a high cross by the top, which doesn't score the win, but it's a nice maneuver. Uh, fire cuts off uh, the temptress on the outside. Dagger is uh, set up by drilling, who hits an assisted flight sliced bread when fire comes back in uh, for the pin. And the team of adrenaline and fire advance in the tag team tournament. So as it is right now, like I said, we haven't yet to see any brackets, so we don't know who's going up against who. But I would imagine that this has to be the entirety of the uh, 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 of the teams. I don't. We haven't heard any new ones released, that, and and I, of course, they they could do that at any given time because they had people just announce themselves as being in the team as the as the tournament was in play. But uh, the bracket so far, we're gonna update or, or the winners so far is Ambro Neal and and Jesse Jones, the Monsters of Madness, Havoc and Hazard, Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chelly, Chella. Siren and Holiday, the Psycho Sisters, and Fire and Adrillin. So that could be the setup for the, the next few matches. Now, I have absolutely zero idea of who is going to be paired off against who because one thing that I've noticed with WoW since they've returned is that they do a lot of shades of gray matches. Well, people do, who have presented themselves as heels or something like that will come back and wrestle another heel person or a heel team. I was like, I I don't really get it, but they, they do it anyway. So, I mean, I, I, I'm going to just take a guess at a few things here just based on what I what I could see. I, I could see the Psycho Sisters taking on Fire and Adrenaline. I mean, not Fire and sorry, uh, Siren and Holiday. I can see that just based on the confrontation that they had thus far. I can see uh, the Monsters of Madness taking on Fire and Adrenaline, which will probably cut Fire and Adrenaline off. I can see O'Neal and Jones against Sassy Massey and Chantilla Shella. I, I don't know who I would say would win it, but Probably O'Neal and Jones, if I if I had to take a a guess, but but those are all unofficial matches and matches that may not even take place anyway. But that but that's just the the random guess that I have for uh, the matchups that we have available to us. But remember, Wow is uh, going on for a long time this season, so because I think they're up to like twenty something episodes. So they may choose to stretch this out for a ridiculously long amount of time just based on that. Who knows? Uh, I, I will go public and say this again. Why Cage Heat is not represented in this tournament in some way, shape, form, or fashion is beyond me. I mean, they don't have to be in it. I I, I would have them waiting in the in the wings, really, at this point. The tournament's already in play. They shouldn't, in fact, they shouldn't even be in the tournament. Or at least in their view, they shouldn't even be in the tournament. They should be making some statement like, "We, we why would I want to be in that? Why would I want to be in the tournament? We never lost. You know, that should be the story. 
Now, he should have them because we know that there's two sets of belts. We got the new ones that are uh, silver that are, will go around the the winner of the champions in this incarnation. And then we got the, uh, I don't know if they're original, but we got the, we'll call it the older version of the belts that Cage Heat had that were gold. So, yeah, I don't come out with that against the people that win or the, or the team that wins. I think that's a, that's a natural uh, storyline to take. They probably won't take it, but it's a natural storyline to take. So, all right. So we we move forward. Now this is where I guess it 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 starts to level off, and we make some sense. The video package with the, the main event scene again. We we just saw something recapping this from the beginning of the show, but they're doing it again. I understand why because you know we got to explain it. Somebody that just walked into the show, it, it, you know, it's all good. But it is a second explanation for it. Um. Two things, two notes I got after watching this video package. One is that I don't understand the Tesla story. I I understand what they're trying to say with Tesla. Like, uh, you know, she's been manipulating the, the the wow scene to control her opponents along with the help of Sofia Lopez. That has been the story. And as such, she has uh, wrestled against the likes of Raina Reyes and uh, uh Serpentine. I was about to say Cobra Moon, but I know that's not correct. Uh, so that all makes sense, okay? And I know somebody out there's like, "What? What? What don't you get about it?" You know, that, so let me let me explain that little portion of it. It's not that I don't get why they're doing what they're doing. I understand the why. I don't understand how they're getting there necessarily. Example being, Tessa Blanchard is more or less a heel champion. I think we can agree with that. And she's using, well, not using, but she has an arrangement with Sofia Lopez to help her keep that championship by somehow positioning and maneuvering people in that she could take on or uh, people that could take on in her stead, which is what we're going to get to in the uh, next segment. So that's been the story. But what I don't get about it is this. If I'm the champion and I am trying to manipulate my way into these matches, purposely avoiding, because the storyline that they're trying to portray here is that Tessa is purposely avoiding Jungle Girl. She's purposely avoiding the Beast. Despite all this bravado that she's been displaying, she does not want to face him, which I'm fine with. That you know that story works. It's good for me. But her taking on... Serpentine, and then her taking on uh, Raina Rays, uh, Raina, yeah, Raina Rays, both of which have pushed her to the absolute limit in the main event. Like, what's the point in that? If you're going to get into a, a, a match with somebody that you can barely win anyway, then what? What are you avoiding? Like, you could barely win against Jungle Girl. You could barely win against the Beast. Why are you getting into a match with people that that are? clearly main event caliber people and if given the right chance could take the title from you why is she taking these matches like you're not standing to gain anything off of that it would be different if she was like i'm giving steffi slazer and i'm you know <laughs> i guess i should talk about steffi slazer or pull her up but that's the only example that i got it's like i'm, I'm giving steffi slazer a main event match that would make the story 
to me very digestible that this woman does not want to take on a legitimate contender. If you want to have her take on a match where she's having a high stakes match and a high end match or like with a Raina Reigns or somebody like that, then you force her into it, you know, or, or have have the uh, attempt to manipulate the the matchup and the opponent fail or, you know, it, something like something along those lines where, like she said, hey, I'll take on the next person that walks in the door. Well, they would have arranged it for Steffi Slays to show up, but Raina pops in, you know, ahead of her. By you know by mistake at least in their eyes, so I mean I can see that in in a number of ways. But the idea that she's the champion, she's the world's champion, she I'm the fighting champion, and I take on anybody, I can understand the bravado on that. But the idea that she would be so adamantly against, I don't want to take on the beast, I don't want to take on Jungle Girl, but I'm going to take on these two other two ladies who've been just as you know hard hitting or just as tough. As anybody else, at that part didn't necessarily make sense to me. So here we have it. We go into the main event. We come out of the video package. We go to the final segment, which is uh, segment seven, and it is the Beast taking on the mystery opponent. Now, what we saw last episode and what was recapped earlier is that the Beast confronted Tessa Blanchard after the show, brought her apparently assigned contracts, and told her, her being Tessa, sign it. So she gives Tessa a contract and just walks away. Now, Tessa did the smart thing. She took the contract to Sophia Lopez, and she had one of her people sign a contract. So now, opposed instead of getting the world's champion, she gets Nikki Crumpus. And that is the main event, the Beast versus Nikki Crumpus. And Nikki is the surprise opponent in this equation. Uh, she's presented as somewhat equal to the Beast in terms of size and strength and all that stuff like that. Uh, nothing was wrong here. I think the only only thing I may have changed, if, if change was necessary, is I probably would have had the Beast just smash her and go over and be done. Yeah, that that probably would be it. But aside from that, I mean, the match, is, the match in and of itself was fine. They, they, you know, the Beast did pretty much smash her. Gave Crumpus a little bit of a of a comeback in there, but then she smashed her again and won. So I don't have a problem with the match. I, I I just would have liked to see her more dominant. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think that that's a a make or break for the show. I, she did fine. So we there we have it. You know the the Beast wins the match at following a spear. One two three. We're done. Crumpus rolls out, gets on the microphone, says, I want Tessa. Calls out Tessa. We do the end match promo deal here. Tessa comes out, and before she even leaves the aisle way, kind of brushing the beast off, saying, or mouthing the words, you, you don't want none of this, and you know stuff like that. And as they're having their exchange, Jungle Girl comes up from behind, nails the beast with a chair, puts her down, and then kind of walks out of the ring. So the title match situation is still very much in play between these three. Uh, don't know where it's, it's going to go necessarily, but I mean, it seems interesting that the, the main, this show is a main event show. A lot of stuff seems ancillary to, you know, uh, 
in terms of you know uh, the side items or the side matches, side storylines that we got happening. <laughs> they're, they're entertaining, but th- this was pretty much a one match show. It was, it was built on the concept of the main event uh, and the beast, who is clearly, clearly being positioned as a babyface now. It is, it is, it's obvious. It's the nose on my face or the nose on your face. That she is being positioned as the babyface, and she will be the top babyface there for probably some time. Ah, so in in anyway, uh, there we there we have it, man. That that is the review of Wow episode six. I know it came off like I was just giving them crap, but like I said. After six episodes of that, I think it's it's hit me that okay, this is this is the the formula of wow, this is how they're gonna do it, this is the the way the show's gonna run. And some of that stuff just did not make a terrible amount of sense to me. That's just me. Uh, if you feel differently, if you have any uh, opinions about it, if you think that uh wow makes perfect sense or whatever the case may be, just send Put that in the comments below or send me a message or what have you. Um, speaking of messages and comments, uh, I have one that I have to address before uh, closing out the show. And I also have a poll that I would like to address as well. I recently put up one uh, asking fans on our Facebook page, including all divisions in WWE. Who, in your opinion, had the best women's wrestling currently? So when I say including all the divisions in in WWE, I'm talking Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT. You know, if you include all the women of the women's divisions there, and then you you put that that roster up against the Wild roster, who do you think has you know the best outlet for women wrestlers today? Uh, I was a bit surprised in the results so far. And the results are listed right now, 63% to 37%. Wow is the lead as far as being viewed as uh, carrying the banner for women's wrestling on television today. Now, there's many different women's wrestling organizations, but the ones that are are the ones on TV as a full-on entity like Wow or the divisions like WWE, those are the ones I wanted to address. I didn't bring up uh, Impact Wrestling because there's a lot of crossover with with WoW and Impact at this point, so I thought it was a little bit pointless. But um, uh, it, all, it all works out. I mean, I, I was legit surprised. I, I thought that the WWE would have kind of carried it away because, I mean, you got Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, uh, Natty Neidhart, Carmella, and a number of really talented ladies there, but it's just not. Uh, apparently, according to this audience, not perceived in the same light as WoW, which is amazing. Uh, one other thing, and again, for those that had a. Uh, had questions or comments, please feel free to send that to the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. You can send it directly via Facebook. You can message me, Mr. Green 75 at hotmail.com, uh, or you can leave the comments. 
So either way, if you have something, you can you can shoot that over, and I will uh, address it as best I can. Uh, the the question that I got addressed with today isn't necessarily wild based, although it ropes back around a while. So I will say that if it's something that's that's not wild oriented, I, I will talk about. It. it doesn't have to be wild. I know I I do a lot of wild reviews these days. That's just that's just because the, the arrangement I have with Access TV. Uh, but in any case. I want to read this from Miranda D. What did you think when the WWE removed the Fabulous Moolah's name from the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal? There are some in the wild now that continue to sing her praises regardless of her past. Was it a smart decision? That is the question. And the short answer to that is yes, it was a smart decision by WWE to remove that uh, remove the Fabulous Moolah's name from their battle royal. Now, yes, I know that was a couple of years ago. And if you remember the controversy that they had, like, I, I, what was it? I think it was Snickers. You know, Snickers sponsors the battle royal, and initially they named it the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, and then, and then people jumped on lines like, I don't, you know, the Moolah was uh, pimp people out and this, that, and the other. And then the next thing you know, Snickers didn't want no part of that, so WWE removed the name. Simple as that. It's like, okay, well, you, your voice was heard. Uh, you don't want the name on there, so we'll remove the name. Now, don't now don't fool yourselves into thinking that the, the fans had anything to do with it. The fans were the first domino. The, the, the domino that ultimately made the change was Snickers jumping in there saying, we don't want that name associated with us. And so they pulled it. End of story. Uh, the reason why it's a smart decision is simply because of that. I mean, they're, they're business, man. You know, that, that, that's, that's all that comes down to. It is a business and they did, they made a decision that is based on that business. Uh, I do know who you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if the, the, the world knows because they, I was about to say wrestler with shadows. I cannot think of the series that was on, uh, vice, gosh. Uh, oh, it's gonna hit me right after I get finished with the podcast. I'm sure, but I can't think. Of, I can't remember the name of the series that was on Vice not all that long ago, and they they talked about a lot of these kind of misdoings and shady moments in history and wrestling, and the Fabulous Moolah was one of them. They addressed it, and uh, I think Selena Majors was on there, and uh, uh, Peggy Lee Leather or AKA Thug. I know Princess Victoria was on it. Princess Victoria has been very vocal about what she felt about Moolah, as has Wendy Richter, who was also in that particular episode. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I know that there's some people that that like, yeah, the Fabulous Moolah deserves better than this, and this, that, and the other. Uh, two of them I know that are, that with Wow, or at least a social, Selena Majors, and I don't know if Nigel Sherrod is still part of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, because they. They both were at an event here, local to me, uh, a couple of years ago when they it was all ladies event and they got out in the microphone and they you know they they made their opinion heard, which is their right. It's like you know if it wasn't for the fabulous Moolah, these ladies wouldn't be here today, which is arguable, I guess. But uh, getting back to the question at hand here, I know I was kind of taking a side route, but uh. WWE is perfectly within their right to to, uh, change the name of anything that they have. Uh, I don't feel like it's the WWE's responsibility 
to be the historian for pro wrestling. It comes off that way a lot of times because they own so much. And, you know, they, they own the Mid-South Library. And they own the World Class Library. And they own, you know, a, a Memphis and Smoky Mountain. And, you know, they, they just, ECW, they, they, WCW, they just own so much as, as it relates to the wrestling world that it comes off like they are the historians for pro wrestling, but they're not. They're not the historians for pro wrestling. They never claim to be, and they don't even take that position. You know, that the only times that these things ever come up with WWE is when it, it relates to WWE or they can make some money off of it. That's about it. You know, that that's that's all they really have those things for. The reason that they, those libraries worked for them at, initially is because they had WWE 24-7 and they could put on a VOD match here or there or, or if they were talking about somebody's career, let's just say Ted DiBiase, and they were releasing a, a video or they was doing a DVD or something like that. And when they produced it, they gave them the ability to just go through the entirety of this guy's career. They could go back to Mid-South and Georgia Championship Wrestling and the, the WWF and then WCW. They, they could pretty much tell his story mostly from start to finish. That's the only reason that those things existed. I mean, well, not existed. That's the only reason that those things were purchased by WWE is because they they knew that they stood to gain something by having it. And then by them opening or creating the network, it became all the more apparent. Like, okay, well, we we have something here. We we've got a reason to have these things. So they could they could just run stuff twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You know, and yes, they produce more content, but having content that's sitting there that they could use at the drop of a dime always helps. So I say all of that to say that, that you know, it ain't their job. It's not their job to, you know, well, we got to facilitate so people know who the Fabulous Moolah was. You know, they, they bring that up in the Hall of Fame ceremonies and things like that, but that's about where that starts and stops. Now, addressing the people that you're talking about while that still sing their praises, that, that's, that's their, their right. I mean, if they want to uh, praise the fabulous Moolah, I'm sure for them she was a great person. But you also have to, you know, I guess this is the part of those stories that most people are unwilling to accept. Even the worst people in the world have had a good day with somebody. I was like, you, you got to give it that much. Even the worst people in the world have had a good day with somebody. There's somebody out there who's murdered somebody viciously. They had a good day with somebody. that, And, you know, I mean, you see it on the news all the time, man. Yeah, was, they interviewed a neighbor. They're like, man, that guy, he was... He was a quiet guy. Never had a problem with him. I never knew. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you heard people say something along those lines or in the interviews? You know, they they interviewed a sister or the mother of this person. They're like, you know, this wasn't the same person that I knew and this, that. Or they weren't aware of this lifestyle that they had. How many times have you seen that? Dave Chappelle made a joke about it, you know, not about that specifically, but a joke that was pretty close. You know, just addressing the dichotomy in people. Basically saying if he had a time machine right now and he went back in time with his white friend and they went to the start of the country, 
you know, his view of how the fathers of the, the founding fathers of America would be seen different than his. Like, you know, his friend could look at George Washington and be like, look, Dave is the founder of our country, the, you know, the father of America, George Washington. And Dave Chappelle was like, run, it's George Washington. Because for him, like, all he's saying is that guy's a slave owner and I got to get away. <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's that. There's always this dual path. So just because, and I know Selena Majors and Nigel Sherrod and Peggy Lee Love and all the all the ones that's out there that was like Fabulous Mueller wasn't, you know, she wasn't all these horrible things. She was great. Does that? I know that they feel that way. I get it, you know, I, and I understand. And maybe to them she was, but that does not mean necessarily that the people that said that hey, the Fabulous Mueller was a jerk and she tried to put me out and this, that, and the other. That doesn't necessarily mean that those people are liars either. Now, I wasn't there, and I'm not bothering to do the research, and you know I'm not going to do interviews and all that stuff to try to piece this story together. All I'm saying is that I'm not going to discount the family of, uh, well, I'm not going to discount Wendy Richter. I'm not going to discount uh, Princess Victoria. Uh, I'm not going to discount the the, uh, the family of Sweet Georgia Brown. And, or anybody else that has said, hey, look, Mula wasn't what you think she is. I'm not going to discount them. And there lies the real secret of this because as long as there is one person out there, as long as there's one person that says Mula did something heinous and her name's not going on anything, and that's where that stops. And, they, and I, I know they tried to do some uh, documentary, and I, I don't know whether they actually completed it or not. Well, actually, I do. They think I think they did, because I know Sherrod was uh, doing something on YouTube, you know, to try to sing the praises of the fabulous Moolah, and that's fine, you know. And I'm sure she has some praises to be sung, you know, somewhere in there. But uh, I, I also know that there was a campaign to try to get the decision reversed with the WWE. I was like, no, don't don't do that. Now, now that part, that that's why I'm like, no, come on, give 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 that a rest. Like, if you want to do a documentary and, and you want to talk about how good she was and you know the, all the bright things she did, yeah, do that because that that's on your own dime. That's on your own dime. That's your own time. That's your own effort. That you know, that's your own research. All that stuff is fine. You know, but trying to, you know, this online petition, because I think it was on change.org or, you know, something like that. Uh, this online petition to try to get them to change the, the you know, the fabulous mood that doesn't deserve to be erased from history. Well, first off, she's not being erased from history. I, I had an issue when they when they came out and they started talking about that because she was never, they never said that they were going to remove her from videos and stuff like that. The only thing that the WWE did was they took her name off of a battle royal, and as a battle royal, that doesn't mean anything anyway. So that is no big deal. She's still on the network. They haven't done anything. With, they, they haven't erased her. They're not removing her from video footage. They just don't bring her up. That's all there is to it. They just do not bring Moolah up. They, they, they don't feel the need as a company to try to endorse or sing her praises just to uh, try to make the world feel better. Any more than they try to do that with Chris Benoit. It's like, you know, look, Chris Benoit murdered somebody. He murdered his family. And I don't care how many people get online and, and try to try this crap about I'm a Chris Benoit guy. It's like, first off, that that's just wrong. Anyways... <laughs> Anyway, but uh, 
it's, it's plenty of people that get on there like, oh, man, that's been 10 years ago. Y'all should get over it. It's like, yeah, all right. Well, let somebody murder your wife and and, and let the next guy come along and say, well, you should get over it. It's been 10 years ago. Come on, dude. Give it a rest. The only reason people try to do that with him is because he was a star and they, and selfishly, we want to see, you know, they want to see him in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know what? It ain't happening. All right. For those same reasons. And the same thing with Fabulous Movement. Now, I'm not putting her in the same category before, uh, you know, this gets back to Sherrod or, or Majors or anybody else like that. I'm not saying that she's in the same category. I'm just saying it's a similar function. That once you have a black mark on your history of any sort with a company like that, then, you know, it's fair game. It becomes their decision to say, you know what, it's not worth us going through that time of trouble. Let's just leave that alone. And so that's what they decide to do. Now, the end result of all this, you know, to, to really go deep into that question is uh, both of them. Well, I, I, I'm not going to say both because I don't know if, if uh, one of them still works there. But I know Selena Majors does because her name is in the credits all the time. And if it's that important to endorse or sing the praises of the fabulous Moolah so that the world can know how great she was. If it is that important to have that done, then you do it. It's all it is that it's that simple. You know, you don't need the WWE to do that for you. You know, well, I shouldn't I shouldn't say it like that. I, I should say they should do it. They should do that. If it's that important to them, you know, as you put in in, in your uh, comment that they that they sing the praises of, then they can sing the praises that they have a TV show. It's on Access TV. You know, they they have an audience. They got a Facebook page. They got a website. They got all those things. They had the platform to do that as much as they feel like it. You know, all I'm imagining that mostly what she'd have to do is convince the owner, or you know the the. the David McLean or Jeannie Buss to allow it to happen, you know, because it is one thing to ask or demand, I should say, that you say another company should do it because that's basically what you're doing. You do, we're going to make this petition and we're going to we're going to get change.org and sign it because the fabulous Moolah's name shouldn't be removed from this. It's one thing to demand that some other company that you have no stake in do what you want them to do. It's one thing to do that because. You got you ain't got no skin in the game there, but here you have skin in the game, and as from my point of view, if it is that important that Moolah not be quote erased from history, and we need to see how great she was for women's wrestling in history, then have Wild do it. Put up a you know make a pitch for them. Make a a a, a fabulous Moolah Memorial Cup tournament. That the wild girls could participate in, and you know, to make it in, have a plaque with her face on it, or what you know, whatever the case may be, have have her name plastered. You don't need the footage of her wrestling for that. First off, I'm pretty sure that somebody out there has footage that it that is usable, that they could get right now if they license it out or you know borrow it or whatever the case may. Be. I'm sure somebody got some footage that exists that they could use with Fabulous Moolah on it if they really wanted to. And secondly, even if you ain't got the footage, go to PWI like they did last night. Get, get some photos, get some pictures, get get some of her in action. If they wanted to do that bad enough, they can make that thing happen. It, it, it's not excessively difficult. 
But the difference is, is now once you do it with Wow, now you got to deal with your boss. And, well, I go, let me let me stop pointing at her and and neither. Let me just let me just speak in generality. Once you do it that way, now you're dealing with something that's close to you. There's there's skin there. There's there's risk and reward there because now you're talking about with a with a job that you potentially work for and your advertisers because it's just just as easy as that goes on as uh, with WWE and their show and their adver- and their sponsors and their advertisers. I'm sure Wild got his, his sponsors and advertisers and and they got a network they got to answer to and all that good stuff like that. So. Yeah, you can put the pitch together, and they could they could come up with you know this whole grand thing. But it would be just as easy as somebody on Access TV saying, "Who is this person, and why do I want her on my network?" Yeah, and you know they could they could explain it. They could say, "Oh yeah, well, she's a she's the founding mother of women's wrestling, and you should have her on." You know, but that all comes down to perspective too, because if somebody else comes along behind that and says. No, she pimped some people out and she did these horrible things and she was a, a liar and a cheat and blah blah blah. You know, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And now you now you create conflict. So all of that to say, WWE is perfectly within their right to not have the fabulous moolah on any of that stuff. I wouldn't do it either if I owned a business because just like they're doing anything else, they're 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 out there to try to keep their business rolling. And if Moolah happens to be a stumble block that it would cause problems in that business, then you remove it. And secondly, working for a company that is on TV and deals with women's wrestling all the time, that is a platform in and of itself if it's that important. Put it there. But I also understand that trying to put it there means that you got to explain it. And trying to explain that and why one company didn't do it and why we should might not be as easy as it's perceived to be. <laughs> and that right there will really tell the tale of how important it is. So anyway, that, that, that was a long that was a long explanation for that. So <laughs> but uh, I, I hope that it answered it satisfactory. So in any case, that is the full episode and a review of Wow. I know it came off as a little harsh at times to some of the talents there. But man, yeah, like I said, when I look at it through the scope of this kayfabe Wow universe, to me, some of those things didn't seem to make sense. I would love to hear your interpretation of it. Did it make sense to you? Should Princess Ozzy come out a little bit more disturbed or like something happened? Should Mesbra have wrestled by now? Should Lana Starr go back to being a manager and they should just stop pretending that she's uh, healed up? You know, uh, the, 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 give, give me your insight, your input on this. What, what was the best match? What what was the, well, I can't even say the worst. All the matches were good. Yeah, but what was the match that you were happy with most of us? Should, should the Beast have just smashed Nikki Crumpus in 30 seconds and been done? You know, how, how did you perceive this entire show? And yes, a new poll will be up and available. I will give it the show was great or did the show suck? You can go on our Facebook page and uh, make that vote. I have streamlined it all straight to Facebook because I don't think a lot of people here know how the, the YouTube poll works. Is 
it, it, it did, you know, we got a couple of on there, but it, but it didn't seem like a lot of people understood or clicked the the adaptation to be able to, to uh, get the, the the votes in. Facebook just seems to be a lot simpler. So we may just stick with that. So with that, in any case, as stated before, you can listen to this podcast where greater podcasts are found. Uh, if I have missed any, please uh, inform me, and I will uh, go out my way to try to get the podcast in that location. If you have not subscribed, wherever it is that you are listening to this, please do. Uh, there are future interviews that are coming up that you may want to stay tuned for, future, future matches coming up that you definitely want to stay tuned for. And uh, there will be more reviews coming along uh, down the pipeline, and we can see how this story unfolds together. Maybe one day, one day we may even have a uh, 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 online viewing party. We, you know that that might be interesting to do that to see if uh, we can arrange doing a, a, a live viewing party together with uh, Wild Superheroes as, and get their reactions live as it takes place. That that might be something to work on. So I, I'll I'll give that some thought. I am stumped up, folks. I just, it, it, it's been a rough week. The, the weather's changing. The effect of my voice making me cough. And got this itch in my back of my throat. My nose is stopped up. But I am here to deliver. I take care of the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, and I take care of you. So that is uh, that is what we got going on here. And with that, folks, I want to wish you a fair evening or morning or afternoon or whenever you happen to be listening to this. And with that, this is Mr. Green saying, that this is Mr. Green saying so long and we will see you on the next go round.